0: Welcome to My Health and Safety, the podcast designed to bridge the gap between your personal and workplace wellness. I'm Tamara Masevich-Healy, a passionate health and safety professional who strives to help create a happier and healthier world. Workplace health and safety is simply a continuation of our personal health and safety, but we often feel powerless at work. You know, where we currently spend over a third of our life, Although it may feel hopeless to integrate the two, I'm here to challenge that it's very much within reach and is absolutely necessary for our long-term well-being. Now, let's learn how to take things from powerless to powerful. Hello, and welcome back to the My Health and Safety podcast. I'm Tamara masevich Healy, but you may call me Tammy. In this episode, we're going to explore human needs utilizing Abraham Maslow's hierarchy of needs theory. I will discuss my opinion on his theory, what slight changes I've made to better fit my own understanding of needs, and I even provide an assessment tool I've created to help us explore our own needs and how we're doing at fulfilling them and why we may be experiencing happiness or unhappiness in regards to them. Great things to come here today. This is going to be a two-part episode because humans are beautifully complicated, and we deserve the time to understanding our needs, and of course, how our career and workplace impacts them. I believe this is a really important starting point for this podcast, and I hope to continue to build on it throughout the years by bringing in different researchers and content experts. I also want to note that I'm not a medical doctor or psychiatrist, but a health and safety professional who loves to explore human wellness and what that looks like so we can create happier and healthier systems, which will allow people to thrive. So let's get started. First and foremost, let's just define a need. A need is something that is necessary for an organism to live a healthy life. So when we first think of needs under that definition, things like food, water, and shelter sort of come to mind. But we're going to explore this much further under the lens of Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Abraham Maslow was an American psychologist who developed a hierarchy of needs theory to explain human motivation. His theory suggested that people have a number of basic needs that must be met before people move up the hierarchy to pursue more social, emotional, and self-actualizing needs. Maslow presented his hierarchy of needs in an academic journal in 1943, and it still remains a reference of psychological analyses and in all sort of business and wellness discussions today, including our discussion today. I personally love Maslow's theory and the hierarchy of needs pyramid that represents it, because no matter our interpretation of it or our level of agreement with it, it is a fantastic starting point and conversational piece to better assess ourselves. Abraham Maslow had been looking since the start of his professional career for nothing less than the meaning of life. What makes life meaningful? What do we give priority to? What am I looking for? Pretty deep stuff that I'm sure we've all asked ourselves at one point or another throughout our lives. Maslow was trying to simplify very complex questions, giving visual to the relationship between our physical and psychological needs. Now, although there is this standard set of human needs being presented to us, it's important to note that there's still a ton of flexibility for individual differences, and we'll discuss this further as we go. So let's just dive right into this hierarchy of needs. If you're watching this on YouTube, then I'm going to show you a quick picture of the diagram to get a better understanding in case you are not super familiar with it. And for my listeners on the podcast who can't visually see the diagram right now, I want you to just envision a pyramid with five layers. I will definitely post links to the full pyramid Um in our show notes. And you could definitely just Google this and get a whole bunch of diagrams um, to see kind of like what that looks like. But we're going to go through it now. So you'll have a good understanding. So at the base of Maslow's pyramid, we have physiological needs. Then it moves up to safety needs, then belongingness and love needs, esteem needs, and finally self-actualization at the top. So we're going to go into a little bit more detail, um, starting from the bottom, the physiological needs. So these are biological requirements for human survival. Air, food, drink, shelter, clothing, warmth, sleep. If these needs are not satisfied, the human body cannot function optimally. The second level is safety needs. Once an individual's physiological needs are satisfied, the need for security and safety become most important. People want to experience order, predictability, and control in their lives. These needs can be fulfilled by family and society. Things like police, our schools, workplaces, and healthcare systems. Examples of these safety needs are emotional security, financial security, law and order, freedom from fear, social stability, property, and health and well-being. I want to pause right there for a minute to discuss some minor changes I've made to these two bottom levels. And you'll see these changes again in the assessment tool I've created. So first, instead of physiological needs, I call them survival needs at the base. This still includes those physiological needs Maslow mentions, but it's extended to include safety where it impacts our survival or our perception of survival, like when you're in the fight or flight response. Depending on the level of threat, our body shuts down digestion and other functions until we reach a certain level of safety, because survival is of most importance. Loss of life would be the greatest loss. Now, obviously this isn't sustainable over long term, but our mind and body is going to ensure our survival from very high risks first and foremost. Because what good is food and warmth if you are not alive? This is why we abandon everything we have sometimes to flee from hurricanes, fires, or violence to survive, knowing we'll have to rebuild everything. The second level I would then prefer to call security needs. This would still include what Maslow explains as people wanting to experience order, predictability, and control in their lives, which can be fulfilled by family and society as already mentioned. This would also include lower risk safety needs, ones that aren't necessarily threatening our survival. The words order, predictability, and control are really important here. So now we could get back to uh, Maslow's other layers. Once again, these are minor adjustments that provide better clarity and belief in my mind when assessing needs. And I wanted to share it in case it helps others clarify those bottom two levels a little better for themselves. But it's important you use what feels right to you. Okay, now let's get back to Maslow's interpretation. So according to Maslow, First level needs are the physiological needs, second are our safety needs, and third is love and belongingness needs. The third level of human needs is social and involves feelings of belongingness. Belongingness refers to a human emotional need for interpersonal relationships, affiliating, connectedness, and being part of a group. Examples of belongingness needs include friendship, intimacy, trust, acceptance, receiving and giving affection, and love. Fourth level are the esteem needs, which include self-worth, accomplishment, and respect. Maslow classified esteem needs into two categories. Esteem for oneself, which could include things like dignity, achievement, mastery, independence. And two would be the desire for reputation or respect from others, which include things like status and prestige. Maslow indicated that the need for respect or reputation is most important for children and adolescents and precedes real self-esteem or dignity. Interesting. So if you're a teenager and you care a lot what your peers think about you, you are not alone and when adults tell you that you'll eventually get to a place where you don't care as much about what others think of you there is also some truth there so hold on to that and try to be as kind to yourself as you can even when others aren't because i can almost guarantee you have a lot of qualities others would love to have and i could only hope that everyone eventually sees those qualities for themselves Now, I'm definitely not the person to explain all this, and I'm hoping to bring some of these researchers on the podcast, but basically, our biochemistry changes throughout our life, especially at certain pivotal biological moments, like puberty or pregnancy. And this also plays into our motivation for these different needs. So certain needs, which may feel like everything to you right now, may hold less importance in 5 to 10 years. Because you're changing and so will your requirements for each of these needs, which is also why it's so beneficial to have some sort of tool to help us measure our needs. And you'll be provided with that today. All right. That's enough on that one. Finally, we have the fifth level self-actualization needs, which is the highest level in Maslow's original theory. And it refers to the realization of a person's potential, self-fulfillment, seeking personal growth and peak experiences. Maslow described this level as the desire to accomplish everything that one can, to become the most that one can be. It's sort of the place where you finally feel like you found yourself. And this place is not an end zone. It's a continuous process of becoming rather than a static state that can be reached and then stayed in. Sort of like happiness, right? You don't just find happiness and now you live happily ever after, even if those were the fairy tales we were raised on. It's a continuous process that will always come with ups and downs. And I think that's important for us all to think about. Unlike the other stages where Maslow states motivation generally decreases as the need is met, Maslow considers self-actualization a growth need and motivation actually increases as the need is met. So an example would be if you have a solid family and friends support structure that meets your needs for love and belongingness, then you're going to put less motivation or focus there because you feel comfortable in that need being met. So your motivation is going to focus elsewhere. Now, your love and belongingness needs will still require some attention, but it's not going to be the main focus. However, Maslow believed the more you fulfill self-actualization, the more motivation you have towards fulfilling it. Almost like becoming your true self is addicting. Every single person in the world is unique because of our biology and life experiences. Together, they form who we are. So the journey of self-actualization is going to lead people in much different directions because it's an extremely specific and personal journey. In self-actualization, a person comes to find a meaning to life that is uniquely important to them. For some people, self-actualization can be achieved through creating works of art, music, or literature. For others, through being a great mother or father, great at sport, great in academia, great in business. The sky is really the limit. This is where you become you, whatever looks, whatever that looks like for you. So once again, those are the first, um, those are the five levels to Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Physiological safety belongingness and love, esteem, and finally, self-actualization. Now let's explore beyond the pyramid of it. Maslow initially stated that individuals must satisfy lower-level deficient needs before progressing on to meet higher-level growth needs. However, he later clarified that satisfaction of our needs is not an all-or-none phenomenon, that a need doesn't have to be satisfied 100% before the next need emerges, which is why I like to think of each need as a scale for us. How much we require of a need to feel satisfied is going to vary person to person and from time to time throughout our life. Which is also why I wanted to have this discussion in the beginning of this podcast, because meeting our basic human needs plays a large role in our health and well-being, and in order to fulfill our needs, we have to understand what they even are, and to what degree we require them. I would love to help provide knowledge, tools, and support for us to all progress to self-actualization, because that is where our magic really lies. Every person is capable and has the desire to move up the hierarchy towards self-actualization. Unfortunately, life happens, and the fulfillment of our needs isn't always stable, and progress is often disrupted by a failure to meet lower-level needs due to a million different potential reasons. Things like divorce, infertility, loss of a job, a global pandemic, or the death of a loved one can cause fluctuations between our levels of the hierarchy and oftentimes our needs get tangled together in our mind and we try to address all of them at once but this can feel completely overwhelming the journey of fulfilling our needs is similar to the one of filling our happiness in that it is not always unidirectional but more closely associated with a roller coaster ride having an understanding of our human needs How they work, how they fluctuate will only help us in feeling some level of understanding and control for getting ourselves back on track. I want to take a moment now to get personal, hoping that it provides comfort or hope for others who may be able to relate. We definitely don't have time to go into my entire life, nor am I ready for that, but (laughs) I want to provide a snapshot of how our needs and happiness can fluctuate. To be real, I spent a lot of my life searching for a really deep connection with a person. I always had a strong group of friends and family around who loved me and I loved as well, but I was consumed with finding someone who can relate on a deeper level. I sort of always felt like an outsider, even in my own world, even surrounded by those that I loved. I never really felt a strong sense of belongingness. Although I was involved in plenty of groups and sports, um, even as a young girl, classmates would be discussing makeup, TV shows, parties, and sports. And I wanted to have discussions about waste management, deforestation, and creative ways to end world hunger. I cared a lot about a lot And I had a million ideas. And when I would try to have these discussions with adults, I was often told I was young and naive. And when I would try to have these conversations with my peers, I was told I wasn't being fun or I was being a hippie. (laughs) Um, Now, most of these responses, although they may seem harsh, were still filled with love and acceptance. But no matter what, the conversations never progressed. And I was often left feeling alone in my head, feeling negative about myself, wishing I was different and scared to show my true colors because I never really felt embraced or loved for that person, the deeper true me. I wasn't sure there was anyone in the world that would truly understand and connect to the degree I longed for. And that was very impactful for me um, and on my life. And I was really lonely in a world surrounded by people, even people that loved me, until I met my husband, Justin. And it was amazing because for the first time in my life, I was allowed to move forward in meeting my higher level needs completely. My primary motivation had shifted. And for me, I literally felt it like the world was lifted from me the weight of the world was lifted from me. And this didn't happen overnight. Honestly, it didn't happen in the first year of our relationship. It took me a while to still allow my walls to come down with him, to trust him and for him to show me that he loved me for all that I was. Our relationship makes me feel completely free to be myself and actually loved for it. He makes me feel seen and understood and that was a first for me. There were other relationships I felt could get there, but there was always other factors that ended up getting in the way, like timing or distance. But for me, finding this connection has been a truly life-changing need fulfillment to find some sort of real belongingness. And this doesn't look the same for everyone. It doesn't have to come from a romantic partner. That's just where I eventually found it for me. And it's important to stress that this is a two-way street. So my husband is curious about who I am on that deeper level, loves who I am, and then supports my personal growth to become all that I can be. I am incredibly interested in who he is on that deeper level, I love who he is, and I wanna support him on his personal growth journey. This kind of love is incredibly healthy. Too often, we enter romantic relationships with people who love us, but only for themselves. The other thing I want to quickly note is that just because my husband and I have this strong mutual sense of love and belongingness with each other doesn't mean we never disagree or have doubts in our relationship. I never want to give these perfect, unrealistic illusions like the journey of fulfillment, our human needs, and happiness... Um, the, there are also ups and downs in relationships, <laughs> but because we love and respect each other, we have these open and honest conversations and decide from there how we want to address them together. Now, the cool thing in finding this sense of belongingness with my husband is that it has allowed me to progress further on my esteemed needs and self-actualization journey to start really becoming myself. And through that process, I have found more belongingness in my life, which has definitely been healthy for me. So now I find belongingness among entrepreneurs, mothers, and humanitarians. Shortly after getting to this place where I was really starting to find myself, my entire world came crashing down. Now, this wasn't the first time this has happened to me. Like most people, I've had my fair share of life throwing me to the ground. But this was especially rough. And I had no idea how I was going to survive it. My brother died unexpectedly. Um, No, I love you. No goodbyes. Just gone at 29 with a wife, toddler, and baby on the way. And with that, all of my motivation and happiness. One phone call changed everything. He was my only sibling, and I had never envisioned my life without him in it. My future was full of spending holidays together, him being by my side when I got married And raising our kids together. When he died, it felt like I died. But my body was still here to robotically continue. Everything changed in that moment. And I wanted to be strong for everyone else around me because I knew we were all broken. When you lose all motivation, you can't meet any of your needs. You don't eat. You don't sleep well. You're not following up or going out with friends. You don't feel good about yourself. You don't think others feel that great about you. And you know you are nowhere near your best self. You are surviving without thriving. And that is a dark place to be. Once again, I am not a doctor or a psychiatrist. I am just a human who's explaining my perceptions based on the knowledge and experiences I personally have. Now, the faster we can climb out of this dark place, the better, but it's always going to require time. It took me years to really get back to feeling motivated again, and a lot of my needs suffered during that time. There are tools and professional help to speed up and or improve the quality of the recovery in return, but that's also going to look different for each person. Once I got through the darkness and was ready to thrive again, I had more motivation than ever, and that grew as I progressed back up my hierarchy of needs. And this progression was much quicker than before because I had already been there, so I had experience and some tools to build from in getting back. I think I also lowered my requirements for most of my needs because losing my brother really put into perspective the weight of my needs. So this allowed me to progress much quicker and further than before. And for the first time in my life, I truly felt like I was becoming my real self rather than trying to become who I was expected to be or who others wanted me to be. And you know what? (laughs) Maybe that's the beautiful side to having to rebuild ourselves over and over again. We come back more sculpted We chisel away the parts that never really belong there in the first place. And we start to see a new, beautiful formation that better represents us. And I still have a long way to go and tons of areas for improvement in all of my needs, but I at least feel hopeful and excited and connected to the life I'm living now, even with all of its imperfections and unknowns. So that is a peek into some of my life, some of my specific needs and how they've been impacted during my journey. And I know they will continue to be impacted throughout my life. Remember, need fulfillment is also a roller coaster ride. All right. Now it's time to reflect on your life and your needs. I'm going to introduce you to an assessment tool I put together, initially for myself, but I found it to be so powerful, I wanted to share it with others. This tool is designed to help us assess our individual needs, where we're at in fulfilling them, and how they may be impacting how we feel. I also added a link to a printable assessment form in the episode notes so you can print one up and spend some time working on it when you have the chance. So not if you're driving the car right now. I really recommend trying this assessment tool out. It's free and it is a super simple way to just start organizing your thoughts and needs visually for yourself so that you can then understand your needs and deficiencies and build a plan on how to move forward. It's also extremely insightful for understanding others you are close in life with, such as a spouse or your children. What are their need requirements and where might they be struggling to meet them? Instead of asking harsh, unproductive questions like what is wrong with you, we can ask what do you need? And once we understand that, we can more clearly find a solution or provide the assistance that is beneficial. Like I said, I originally built this assessment for myself when I was feeling unsure of where to begin tackling all of my concerns. The assessment tool allowed me to organize my thoughts and visually see where these concerns were really stemming from and where they needed to be addressed. And from there, I built an actionable plan and felt a sense of understanding and control in my life again. It's important to stress that this tool did not solve my concerns, but simply aided in identifying them and coming up with a plan to tackle them at the root. So the assessment tool is called my personal hierarchy of needs assessment, and it utilizes the two bottom terms that I prefer over Maslow's survival needs and security needs. However, you can swap those out for Maslow's terminology if you prefer, because once again, this is for you. (laughs) As I mentioned, you can uh, print this assessment from the show notes, or you can simply draw it out yourself. All you're going to do is draw a large triangle in black ink then draw four horizontal lines within, breaking it up into five sections, which will represent each of the needs in the hierarchy. So go ahead and write the name of the need then in its appropriate level, and then draw a line under the name, which will represent a scale from zero to 100. I like to also add a little center mark for 50, Now, I want you to take a red pen or marker and designate on each need how much you think you personally require to fulfill that need for yourself. So this is not where you are currently at, but where you think you'd satisfy that need at. So the minimum amount needed to no longer require time or energy in fulfilling that need and I don't want you to get hung up on this specific number here because it's really not important. And this was very difficult for my analytical husband, but this is meant to be a general placement of where you think your minimum requirement is for each of these needs. So let's start at the bottom with survival needs and use it as an example. Perhaps you don't perceive that you need much to survive. You're a generally healthy person, no immediate threats, and you just need the basics of some minimal food, a roof over your head, and some clothing to feel like you're surviving. Perhaps you mark yourself around 45 for your minimal survival needs. Now take the time to really explore each of these as you complete them. And remember, this isn't concrete. So if you complete the assessment and then feel differently tomorrow after thinking about it more, simply do it again. Remember, this is only for you and your benefit. There is no wrong answer. All right, now I want you to take a blue pen or marker and do the same thing. But this time, mark off where you currently perceive your needs are at in being met. Do this for each of the five needs on that same scale you've already drawn. Similarly to this, if you're watching. So same pyramid. You'll see the red marks and then you'll see a blue mark. So my minimums are in red and where I think I'm currently at are in blue. Now, if we go back to the survival needs as an example, where do you believe your fulfillment of those needs is currently at? So we originally marked our minimum need fulfillment requirement at 45 for survival, but we recently bought a house and are making enough money to comfortably cover all of our expenses. So we feel pretty good in meeting our survival needs. So we're going to rate that need being met at a 70. Hopefully this makes sense. If not, please feel free to comment and I will try to further elaborate for you. All right, so once again, take the time to really through each of these needs and mark where you believe you are currently at and fulfilling them. If you are performing this assessment right now with me, then please feel free to pause this while you work through each of them. Great, once you get through all of them, we then need to explore what this is showing you. Why am I having us do this? Well, this is going to tell us how well you are perceiving to meet each of your needs. If your blue line has surpassed your red line and is further to the right, then you have perceived to have surpassed your minimum requirements for that need and will feel satisfied and happy with that because you are meeting your minimum expectations for that need. If your blue line is behind your red line or further to the left, then you are not meeting your perceived minimum requirements for that need and will feel unsatisfied and unhappy with that need because you are not meeting your minimum expectations for that need. So literally, the space between your red line and blue line visually represents satisfaction and happiness or unsatisfaction and unhappiness based on where that blue line is in regards to your red line. The further the distance also represents the strength of those feelings. So if you marked your minimum survival needs at 45 and we rated our current survival needs being met at 70, we're going to feel pretty good about that. And even better if our current survival needs were being met at 90. It's important to note that the higher you rate your current needs being met doesn't necessarily mean you have more like have more of a physical material or have more relationships in terms of love and belongingness. It simply means you feel fuller with what you have in meeting that need. For some people, quantity does matter. But I argue that for most people, quality is more important. So basically, one person living in a Small cottage making $70,000 a year can feel extremely comfortable and rate high in their survival and security needs, while another person with the same house and paycheck and for arguments purposes, all other life circumstances, may feel unsatisfied and rate their survival and security needs very low. Remember, this is all perception-based. You can't take a blood sample and get your need fulfillment results. No one else in the world can complete this for you either, because this is your own understanding of your own truth and simply a tool to try to map out some of the complicated inner workings of our mind and our personal needs. Now, in case this has crossed your mind since looking at your results, you may be saying, well, I'm deficient in my security needs, so why even assess the others if I can't progress without my security needs being met? This all comes back to motivation. My explanation is that most of these needs are being fulfilled to some degree on that scale at all times in our life. But our primary motivation or focus or energy is going to go towards the lowest unmet need. That doesn't mean we just drop to zero in all other needs. In fact, you may be meeting the minimum requirements for some of your other needs at the moment but can't fully enjoy it or give it the attention it deserves to maintain it until those lower needs are minimally met. So you may start to see those other needs slowly regressing as those lower needs continue to be left unmet. An example of this may be if you lose your job. You are in a nice, comfortable place, really working on your esteem needs as you progress up in your company. You had a strong marriage and healthy social life and felt very secure. Then all of a sudden you lose your job for whatever reason. Well, your security needs may have just plummeted in your life, but you probably don't panic right away because you have money saved up and you're sure you'll find a new job soon. Six months later now, and you've blown through all of your emergency funds, and you are nonstop panicking over how you're going to cover all of the bills. Your survival and security needs are consuming you. Meanwhile, your esteem and love and belongingness needs are slipping further and further down that scale, impacting your relationships and personal self-worth. The longer your minimal survival and security needs go unmet, the worse All of your higher needs will be. Financial insecurities destroy relationships all the time, including our relationship with ourselves. And the sad thing about it is it's not at all about your connection with each other, but the lack of security we feel because our survival and security needs must be met first and foremost to progress our focus or motivation to those other needs. Which is why we need to understand what our individual requirements are, where we are at meeting them, and how they can fluctuate and impact each other so we can address the real problems and get to a healthier place in our life. So what does one do with all of this information now? First, it's pretty neat to visually look at your needs and how you're doing at meeting them. So I want to congratulate you first and foremost for sticking with me during this talk and on investing the time to understand yourself. This is, this step is the biggest step you can take. It's extremely empowering to make sense of our needs and where the problems are really stemming from and then develop an actionable plan to address them. If this assessment was able to help even one person, then I'm thankful for the pain that led me to develop it. So review your results. Recognize your deficient needs and start creating a plan to close that gap and hopefully move beyond that minimum requirement into happiness. Start with the deficient need closest to the bottom of the pyramid and work your way up. You'll be surprised how deficient lower level needs impact all those higher ones. And remember, this isn't a unidirectional journey. There are going to always be setbacks and that's okay because when the time comes, we will have the knowledge and tools to get us right back and perhaps even further and stronger than before. I hope that sharing some of my story, this assessment activity, and just some of my thoughts on all of this can help others as well. Please comment, share, and reach out if this was helpful so that we can empower others through discussion, understanding, and tools. Since there was a lot of important and thought-provoking information provided today, I've decided to end the episode here and make this a two-part episode, where next week we're going to explore human needs further and the role our career and workplace play when it comes to fulfilling our need requirements. So we've really only just begun, and there are some powerful discussions to come. What I'd like for all listeners to do before listening to part two of this episode is really reflect on our discussion today. What it all means for you. Go print out the assessment from the show notes and take the time to really work through it and explore what it might be showing you, because that's going to help you assess what we talk about in the next episode. As we start closing up, I want to summarize some of the big points we touched on today. One, according to Abraham Maslow, human beings are motivated by a hierarchy of needs. Two, Maslow's five needs start with physiological, then safety, belongingness and love, esteem, and self-actualization. I, or Tamara, expanded on and switched out physiological needs for survival needs and safety needs for security needs. There is no right or wrong here, just what feels right to you. Three, needs are arranged in a hierarchy of motivation in which the more basic needs must be more or less met prior to higher needs. I, or Tamara, expanded on this idea by proclaiming we all have a designated minimum needs fulfillment requirement for each need, and this is going to look vastly different from person to person and over time within a person's life, further clarifying that this minimum must be met in order to progress our motivation to the next need in the hierarchy. Four, every person is capable and has the desire to move up the hierarchy towards self-actualization. Five, the journey of fulfilling our needs is similar to the one fulfilling our happiness in that it is not always unidirectional, but more closely associated with a roller coaster ride. Six, I, Tamara, then shared the My Personal Hierarchy of Needs assessment tool I've created to map out our personal minimum requirements for each need and our current state in fulfilling them. Seven, related to the assessment, the distance your current state fulfillment is From your minimum requirement determines how satisfied and happy or unsatisfied and unhappy you are in feeling regards to that need. Eight, lastly, the better we get at understanding our needs, what we require from them, and how to fulfill them, the faster and easier time we have in rebounding after our needs take a hit. Understanding yourself is powerful for living a full and happy life. And that's it for today's discussion. <laughs> We're not going to close today's episode with the power for guest questions since we didn't have a guest today. But if you'd like to hear the questions and my response to them, then you could go back and check out episode one. Final note I want to end with is instead of attacking ourselves um, and asking what is wrong with ourselves, let's instead ask what we need in this moment. And I hope that today's talk can help answer that more clearly. Thank you so much for joining us on this episode. All show notes and guest bios can be found on our website at myhealthandsafety.com. That's M-I-healthandsafety.com. We hope you enjoyed this episode and had at least one damn that's good moment. You know, a moment in the discussion that just lit up those neurons in the brain. It may not be a whole new concept, but better clarity, visual, example, or tool to more effectively understand, communicate, or use on a concept. If you didn't have a damn that's good moment during this episode, well, then just damn. (laughs) Share your moments in the comments or on social media with us. We want to know what brings you the most value so we can strive to deliver more. If you enjoyed our content, make sure to like, share, and subscribe to our channel.